Good morning. God is awesome, isn't he? I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for him and his presence in my life. Um, You know, sometimes when we get to Sunday, we can find ourselves kind of sometimes crawling into this place, can't we? Sometimes it feels like life has beaten us up. Maybe the week's been kind of tough or overwhelmed by different circumstances and different things and and maybe the continuation of some circumstances. Um, but how many of you really believe the words of the songs that we were singing? That we really think about those? And how many of you know those are really for you? I mean, I think sometimes if we really take to heart God's promises for us, you know, sometimes we know about them, but we don't really take them to heart. Sometimes we don't receive them like he wants us to receive them. Quite frankly, I think I'd be offended if, if, if I promised my kids something and they're like, yeah, maybe, you know? I mean, if I tell my kids something, I go, hey, dad's got this covered. I want them to take that to the bank, you know? Sometimes when God says it to us, we can read in his word and sometimes we can somehow come up with an idea of why it's not for us or sometimes we can sing the, sing the, sing the words but not really receive it. So I just want to pause. We did this first service, and I really want to do it again now, but how many of you in here are struggling? Maybe you're defeated inside. Maybe you're hurting. Maybe you're sick. Maybe you just feel empty. Maybe you feel like right now, maybe life doesn't have any direction for you. You're on a path that doesn't seem like the one that you thought it would be or not the one that God has for you. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's anything. If, if, if that's you... I'm not going to ask you what your situation is. I just want us to pray. But if that's you, would you raise your hand this morning? There's a lot of hands in this place. The Bible says that we are a royal priesthood. That means we together. So with your hands still raised, will you gather around those people who have their hands raised, you in the congregation, and just lay hands on them? Just everybody, I really would like to see everybody move. Let's just really lay hands on these people. And let's just begin to pray. And what I want to ask you to do is not to wait for me to pray. Just start praying. You, those around you, these people who are hurting, just start praying for them. There's still people who's, who, who aren't covered over here in this corner. We have about four or five people here whose hands are raised. I don't care if you get up and leave your seats. Get up and leave your seats. And let's pray for people. Let's lay hands on people. And let's just pray that, that God will intervene in these situations. Who, who's not covered in prayer yet? There's somebody right back here, hands raised, nobody's on them. Come on, let's be a church this morning, guys. It's not, it's not about just coming here. It's about living and being the church. So let's gather around these people. All right, Lord Jesus, we just come before you. Just begin to pray for these people. God, we just come before you. Lord, we thank you that your promises are for us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that your word says, if God is for us, who can possibly be against us, Lord Jesus? And we just stand on your word this morning. We stand on your promises, Lord God. We receive them for ourselves, Lord God. We believe what you say, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord God, that you would forgive us and wash us for all unrighteousness and for all sin. And God, we just begin to lay down all of these worries and fears and trials. God, we lay down sickness before you and we say in the name of Jesus, be healed to those who are struggling with sickness, Lord God. We recognize, Father, that you are the great physician. Well, God, we 
We, we, we look at anxiety, Lord Jesus, and we stand on your word, Lord God. Your word tells us to think about things which are good and pleasing and righteous. And we just pray, Father, that as we be moving obedience to your word, that you would just cast out anxiety from us, Lord God. God, all the trials that we face, Lord Jesus, our family situations and problems and difficulties, God, we recognize that you have and hold all authority and all power in your hands. And we just yield every difficult circumstance, family situations, marriages, work problems to you, Lord God. And we recognize your authority in each of them. God, and we surrender them to you. Would you begin to move, Lord God? Would you begin to restore? Would you begin to heal? God, would you, would you replace depression with joy, Lord God? And God, would you lead us and guide us by your Spirit, Father? That, God, that, that the way that we walked into this place this morning, God, we would not leave that way because we have encountered you and your touch. Because we have surrendered our, our, our problems and our worries and our fears as you have told us to before you, Lord God. You who are able. And so we just ask all of these things in your powerful, matchless name. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for praying for each other. It's what God calls us to do. We're so much more than just coming here for a Sunday morning service. That's really about moving in obedience to Him. And, and that's what we're talking about as we continue our series on the Holy Spirit. Um, we started uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, um, on our series about the Holy Spirit. And we're, we're taking our time with it because we really want to spend our time... F- Seeking Him. Pastor Rennie launched the series on, um, on Independence Day. And uh, we thought it was fitting because, you know, we celebrate independence, don't we? We, we, we like our independence. We, uh, from the time that we're kids as a country, we like our independence. But also as individuals. You know, if you have kids, your kids are constantly seeking their independence. They're constantly seeking their own way. And then we actually carry that over well into our adult lives But the reality of it is that God, in our relationship with Him, has called us not to a life of independence, but a life of dependence on Him. He doesn't want you and I living independent of Him. That's actually our rebellion. We live in independence of God. We're living in rebellion and living in sin against Him, separated from Him. God has called us. If we are going to fulfill God's calling on our lives and God's ministry in our lives and the lives that He wants us to have, we have to move in total and utter dependence on Him. And so as Christians, this is how we need to live. It's about surrendering our lives. It's not about Selwyn. It's not about you. It's about God it's about you, it's about your uh, life, it's about your vision, it's about your ministry and you, the fulfillment of the Great Commission. And so I am yielding and surrendering my life, my desire to live independently, so I can live dependently on you. If I live independently, man, my life is miserable. God is not my reserve parachute when everything else fails. He's my main parachute. He is everything to me, and that's the kind of life that he, he wants us to live, a life that is lent and built and finds its strength in him and him alone. And so Pastor Rainey talked about the need for us to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. And then we talked about how the Holy Spirit is a person, not a thing, not an it, not this whimsical thing out there, but he is God. He is part of the Trinity. He is powerful. 
And he is for you. That same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in us as believers. We talked about the difference between the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we made it clear that at the point of salvation, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. The point you receive Christ, you receive the the risen Spirit of Jesus Christ into your life. You are saved. He lives and dwells in you. And then we talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an operation of the Holy Spirit. It's an empowering of the Spirit. And so we looked at the life of Jesus last week as an example and how it, it was, ran true of his life. And then we looked at the lives of the disciples and saw how they too were empowered by the Spirit after receiving the Spirit. The Spirit was already in them. Jesus had already breathed in them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he told them to wait in Jerusalem for the gift that he had for them, right? So they already had the Holy Spirit. We knew that Jesus was born of the Spirit, right? The Spirit moved, the Holy Spirit moved on Mary, and she conceived, and Jesus was born. The Holy Spirit was part of his DNA. And for 30 years, he lived an obedient life. And then before his earthly ministry started, after 30 years, he was baptized in the Jordan River, and the Holy Spirit that looked like a dove descended upon him, right? He was empowered and baptized with the Holy Spirit before he actually launched into his ministry. And so this morning, we're going to talk about receiving the Holy Spirit. We're going to focus on praying for the Holy Spirit, and my hope is to spend more time praying than I do preaching this morning. So open your Bibles as we get started to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. We want to look at Scripture and look exactly at what happened in Acts chapter 2. And then we want to spend some time praying for all those who desire to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came... They were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Ralph Riggs writes this. He says, Now that we know that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is an experience distinct from conversion, and that it is a most desirable blessing in our lives, and that it is available for us today, how do we receive it? If this is what God has for us, how how do we get this? If I already have the Holy Spirit living in me at salvation, and baptism is distinct from that and an operation of the Holy Spirit, how do I receive this? Well, We need to be clear on this. The Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a free gift from God. You cannot earn it. It's given. It's given freely. And so when you say, how do we receive it? It almost sounds like, well, how do I earn this? And that's not exactly what we're talking about. But see, in order to receive a gift, you have to be positioned to receive it. If I'm going to give a personal gift to my wife or to my kids, and I don't mean by mailing, to me personal is I'm handing it to them, they kind of have to be in my presence. I like that face-to-face. And the more special the gift, the more personal it is. If I'm going to give my... How many of you proposed to your wife by email? 
Probably not. You didn't mail her the ring. All right? Why? Because it's kind of a personal experience. That sounds absurd. No, something that special, and I want to be there, especially if she says yes. If she says no, I should have gone with the email. But it's the more personal, the more, the, more, the more it is, the more of a blessing. Like Christmas morning. How many of you guys want to be there when your kids are opening their gifts Christmas morning? I think as a parent, it's far more joyful for me, right? And the Bible says it's blessed, more blessed to give than to receive. To watch the excitement and the fulfillment on their faces as they receive something that they've been waiting for for a long time and probably pestering me for, right? And then I've antagonized them. I know you're not supposed to do this, but... You know, oh, Dad, I really want this. And I always, you wanted that? I thought you wanted this. No, Dad, no, I wanted this. And, they, and it builds excitement. They really want this. And I love to see the expressions of joy and delight on their faces where they finally receive what they've been wanting for so long. You know, we don't give our gifts to our kids just instantly a lot of times, do we? A lot of times my kids will come to me, oh, I want this. Okay. Oh, Dad, I really want this. Okay, I know, I know. We just have to, you have to wait. You have to save up your money or you have to wait for Christmas or wait for birth. I don't want to wait. Uh, well, waiting's good. And it just builds excitement. I mean, this is how we work, right? And then when that, and they really want this gift because a lot of times our kids, oh, I want this and it's fly by night because they see it on TV and then a month from there, they don't really want it anymore. You really want to know that they want this, right? So we wait. And then, man, they really want it. They stay focused. Man, I want this. I want this. I want this. They're saving their, their dimes and their nickels. And then, and then we give it to them. And it's great to see them receive. Well, we have to position ourselves. We don't earn the Holy Spirit, the gift or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We don't earn this. It's not a rank. It's not because you're so spiritual. But we have to uh, position ourselves to receive it. So I want to talk about the positioning of ourselves this morning. Number one, the first position that we need to be in to receive this is we must be saved. You have to be saved. You have to be a child of God. If you're in a, my house Christmas morning, chances are you're family. And you're getting a gift probably because you're my family, not because I don't know you. And so we have, to, we have to be saved. Jesus says in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, He shall give you another comforter whom the world cannot receive. You get that? Whom the world cannot receive. The world are not sons and daughters. The world are outside. So the world cannot receive this. This is what Jesus says. It's an impossibility for an outsider, for someone who's not saved, who doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, to be given another comforter because they haven't had the first one yet. God cannot deny himself. God cannot bless evil. He cannot come into an unclean vessel which has not yielded itself to him. So there must be a definite born-again experience as part of the preparation to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One has to be his child. So number one, we must be saved. We must have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ in order to receive this. Number two, we must obey. We must be moving in obedience. Acts chapter 5, verse 32 says, And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Spirit, whom God hath given to them that obey him. All right? To him to those that obey Him. A lot of times we understand this principle. We reward our children for what? Disobedience? No. We reward our kids for obedience, don't we? 
right? If your kid is living in rebellion to you, is constantly defying you and constantly not doing what you say, and then goes, hey, I, I, want, I, want, this, I want this gift, Dad and Mom, you're going to be like, you need to get a few things straight first. No, you're not earning this, but you need to position yourself to be in a place to receive this. God has called us to live and move in obedience. It's all about surrender. See, when we move in obedience, it's because we've shelved our own desires, our own wills, our own idea of what we want and where we want to go, and we're yielding to Him. See, that Christian life, this isn't just about receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's about, it's about your Christian walk. God calls us, when we become saved, it's about yielding and surrendering our lives to Him. I can't preach this enough. There's no such thing as, well, I'm yielded somewhat to Him. The Bible says you can't serve two masters. You can't serve two different people. You can't serve yourself and serve God. When we have water baptism, it's this picture of a, of a dying to self. I have been crucified with Christ. I'm being lowered beneath the waters. It's symbolic of being buried. Buried to who? Buried to me. Buried to the flesh. Buried to my ways of doing things. And being born again, being raised out in new life in Jesus Christ. I no longer live. I live in Christ. Christ lives in me. My mission, my focus has changed. To not be living that way is to be living in disobedience. Is actually to be living in rebellion. It's about surrendering. One must be surrendered to him. I think I said this last week, but I, I want to make this clear. The whole purpose about being empowered by the Holy Spirit is that we can be His witnesses and go and make disciples of all nations, right? We're to be empowered to do His work. What good is it empowering someone who's not going to do what you say? Right? So we've got to learn to surrender ourselves, move in obedience to him, especially if we want to be empowered by him to do what he tells us to do. This empowering is not just for you. It is for you. But it's that you will be witnesses, that you will build his kingdom. And so this, I can't stress the importance of surrender and moving in obedience. None of this, oh, I want to do what I want. God just must bless me. Don't seek the Holy Spirit just for yourself. Yes, he empowers you, but it's meant for so much more than that. You and I need to be yielded to him, not to move in the ways I want to move, but to, yield, to move in the ways that he has called me to move. Because he will lead us to places we don't want to go sometimes. And we must live yielded lives and recognize, man, it's not about what Selwyn wants. It's not about being comfortable. Guys, if I was where Selwyn was comfortable, I wouldn't be in Quincy. I wouldn't be in New England. I just wouldn't be. I'm not being horrible. I'm just saying. And I'm not glorifying myself. But we, God will lead you to places that you wouldn't really think you'd end up. And we have to be willing. And not just willing, but we have to desire that in our lives. God, I want to be empowered by you. And, and he gives us the strength to go to these places. That normally we don't have the strength to go. And maybe that we wouldn't want to go. All right? So we need to be saved. We understand that. We need to move in obedience and thirdly, we must ask. We must ask. I just want to read to you from Luke 11. Bear with me. I was going to go a different way, but I'm just going to read this. Luke chapter 11, it's Jesus teaching on prayer. All right? One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples 
He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not in temptation. Then he said to them this, suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give, any, give him the bread because he is a friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So Jesus is saying, a guy may not get up out of bed because you're a friend and give him the bread, but if you are persisting and you are there at midnight, he's going to get up because he wants you to leave him alone. Right? Then he goes on. So I say to you, Jesus says, the lesson from this is this. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Isn't it interesting how this whole passage is ended? Isn't it interesting that he says, teach us how to pray, and, and Jesus takes, takes, he goes into detail about, man, persistency? He says, man, ask And if that doesn't work, seek. And if that doesn't work, knock. He says, man, just stay the course. Don't just ask, doesn't open the door, then give up. No, ask, seek, knock. He says, there are degrees and levels in asking. God likes to see that we're serious about something. It kind of rings a bell, doesn't it? Sometimes we're that way with our kids. You really want that? Well, we'll see. Now, we don't like it when it's about us, but we do it to our kids. Maybe I'm the only guilty one here, Right? But we go, no, do you really want this? We want to know if someone really wants something, right? You really want to know that your wife wants to be married to you or that your husband wants to be married to you. You don't just say yes. You want me to do they show it? Do they show their sincerity? Do they show their desire? Do they show their commitment? Do they show their love? Do they show their, this is a bad terminology, but obedience, right? But see, Jesus says, ask, seek, and knock. And then he says, man, and persistent, don't give up. It's like the friend asking for bread. He goes, you know, it doesn't answer the door because you're his friend. He, asks, he answers the door because you don't stop. And so God, in, in, in his response to the disciples saying, teach us how to pray, he says, this is it. This is how you pray. Don't just ask once. You ask, you seek, you knock. You don't give up. You keep coming forth. And then he sums it all up as saying, if you know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will the Father give you the Holy Spirit? Not just answer your prayers. He turns around and says, we'll give you the Holy Spirit. So it's clear that he says, man, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, don't just come up here and go, God, I want it. Yeah, it didn't happen. I gave him five minutes. It didn't happen. I'm done. He said, you didn't really want it. You know, why does it take some of us longer than others, right? Why did it take me three years? Well, some of us have different degrees of walls up in our lives. Some of us have different degrees of desire in our lives. Some of us go, you know what? Yeah, I think I want this. You know, if a kid came to me and said, Dad, I think I want this, I'm going to come back when you know you want it. 
Come back when you know that you want it. I'm not going to get you something you think you want. I'm not going to waste it. I want you to know that you want this. I want you to understand why you want this. Why do you want this gift? And so we must ask. And we must ask a father who is kind and generous and willing. See, he is able to give us the Holy Spirit. He's able to give the Holy Spirit to all that ask him. Not only is he able, but he is willing to give the Holy Spirit to all that ask him. In fact, he's more willing and anxious to give it to us than we are as parents to give to our own children. And so the restraint, well, the only restraint that can be placed upon him comes from us or our lack of desire. James chapter 4, verse 2 says, You have not because you ask not. Matthew 7, 7, Ask and shall be given to you. We just went over the seek and you will find. So God likes our persistency. He likes our insistence on receiving this. So we must be saved. We must be moving in obedience. We must ask for the baptism. And we must believe that this promise is for us. That it is for you. Sometimes, like I said earlier before we pray, we have a hard time believing his words are for us. Sometimes, even as a pastor, sometimes I can go, you know, man, I can pray for somebody and really believe it what comes to me. I'm a pastor. We all struggle with this kind of stuff. It's easy to believe for someone else sometimes than it is for our own selves. It's not right. But this is for us, this gift of the Holy Spirit, this baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it's not earned. It's not merited. It's free. We can't force the giver to give it to us. It's not based on how loud we pray when we get up here or how repetitious we are with our prayer, or whether we say the right things. It's based on one thing, positioning ourselves to receive from God and surrendering our lives so that we will move in obedience to Him. Sometimes the things that hold us back are are things like this. We say, you know what, I I think I want this, but what keeps me from, from wanting this is I'm not sure how my life will look. I don't want to sound like so and so. I don't want to do what they do. Guess what? That's control again. We got to be careful that when we get up here, we go, you know what? Sometimes God, God will do things in your life. It doesn't mean you're going to sound like somebody, but you have to be willing to say, God, I, more than I don't want to be embarrassed, more than I don't want to look like somebody, more than all those things, I want to be the person that you've called me to be. I want to be empowered by you. I want to move in obedience to you. And so, again, when we start saying, well, I don't want to do this, and I, guess what? That's control again. That's not surrender. We start doing that about ourselves, about even, even, even giving a message in tongues. We start saying, well, I don't want to do that. You will never surrender yourself to go overseas to the mission field. You will never surrender yourself to go and talk to somebody that God calls and puts in your heart that you don't know. So it all starts with us being willing to say, you know what, it's not about what I want. It's not about how I think it should look. It's about surrender. It's about saying, God, I am yielding my life for my life to look the way you call me to look. I am yielding my life, and that's just the first steps, that I may live empowered and led by your Spirit, that I may not just say what you want me to say, but I will go where you want me to go. It's a life surrendered. And so we have to position ourselves and pray in our our lives, God, would you begin to identify the walls and begin to tear them down in my life? 
So sometimes that can keep us from coming up front. Sometimes what will keep us is you, some people will be sitting in their seats and they'll be saying, I don't want to go up there. It takes a lot to come up here. It takes a lot to come up here. I remember I sat in the pew a long time before I did this. I've sat through these services and gone, man, and sometimes we go, well, what if I go up there and I don't receive? Oh, look, it makes me feel weird for the person who's praying for me. Let me tell you something. Nobody's counting heads here. This has got nothing to do with how many people speak in tongues and how many get baptized. It's got everything to do with you and God. Sometimes it's a process for us. You know what God wants? He wants us to seek him. All right, Jesus is the baptizer, all right? It took me three years, so maybe your initial step of surrender is saying, you know what, I may not want to do this, this is uncomfortable, you know what, but I'm going to go to the front, and I'm going to receive prayer. And yes, let me be clear, you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit sitting right in your pew, but I can promise you something, you won't if you're not moving because you're too embarrassed, because of pride, because guess what, you're allowing a wall to control you. You're saying to yourself, man, I want this, but I'm not doing this. God's saying, you know what? You need to to yield. It's not about the front. It's not about he's only here. But sometimes it's an act of obedience to say, you know what? As a show that I'm going to obey God, I'm going to shelve my pride. Although I don't want to do this, I'm going to get up. Although I'm nervous, I'm saying, God, I'm going to move in obedience to you. And I'm showing you, God, it's not about me anymore. It's not about what I want. And God, would you help me? God, would you empower me that I can be the person? This is just a first small step of the lifestyle that I want to live stepping after your, after your will. And guess what? I want to tell you that a lot of people will come up here and they won't receive. And that's fine. This is just sometimes for some people, this is the first step. Guess what? There are so many stories of people coming and, and praying and going home. They, get, they receive the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the most weird places. Sometimes they, they, they're sleeping and they wake up. Sometimes they're in the shower. It's not about here. It's about your mindset and being saying, God, I want to surrender. And if you leave this front going, you know what, God, I feel like I'm not surrendered. Praise God. Not that you're not surrendered, but praise God that he's identified to you. And area of your life, he says, hey, I want you to work on this. For me, that's what it was. For me, I was a control guy. And God was saying, Selwyn, you need to, you, you need to really, really you know, release this control when it comes to me. And so it took me a while to go, okay, God, I know this, I know this. And, and I had to pray, and God said, listen, I'll help you do it. I'll help you do it. And so don't be intimidated, all right? It's not on the person and how powerful we pray. It's not about what you do, raising your hand. It's about surrendering. It's about forgetting the person up here and thinking about Jesus Christ. The last thing I want to say to you this morning before we start praying is this. Don't worry about your next steps. I'm, I, I've heard it said, well, I'm worried that the life that he's going to call me to is going to be more than I can handle. Of course it is. Of course it is, and I love that. But when you're thinking about, man, I'm not ready, don't you realize that's why he empowers you? Because you can't handle it. And so that, again, is control. We go, let's take my hands off the reins and let me trust God and say, God, I know I can't handle this. God, help us if we think we can let me take my hands off this. Let me just relinquish and say, God, it's all yours. I don't know what this looks like, and I'm a little nervous, but Lord, I know you've got this, and I'm yielding, I'm surrendering to you, and I know that you'll empower me, and I know that you'll help me, and it's all about you. And so it's with those attitudes, it's with that mindset of surrender that we come before God, the God who wants to, to, to baptize us with the Holy Spirit. 
we recognize that this promise is for us, as Peter said. He said, this promise is for you, your children, and for all who are far off, and for all who, whom the Lord God will call. So I want to ask some of our uh, leaders to come up here, those I've asked already to come and pray for people, if they would come up here and make themselves available to pray. And then Pastor Rennie is going to just play for, uh, play for us softly, and we're going to spend some time. The service is not over. If you are baptized in the Holy Spirit and you're dry, come and receive prayer. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're not dry, would you do me a favor? Would you pray in your seat for those up here? Would you also pray that God would help you walk more empowered by His Spirit? If you're here this morning and you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, let me tell you something. You are not a target on our radar screen. All right? All we want is we want people to walk out of here empowered by the Spirit. And if if Jesus chooses to baptize you right now, praise God. And if He chooses for you to leave out of here to spend some more time with Him, praise God. It's about you spending time with Him. Some of you, God may say, hey, I just want you to bask in my presence. I want you to really seek. I want you to spend more time with me. It's coming because all who ask will receive. Don't give up, but keep asking. But I want you to spend more time with me. And so I want to challenge you. Glad tidings, God has called you and God has called me to live empowered lives. Not lives powered by ourselves, lives powered by Him. We can't afford not to. This is for you. The question is, how will you respond to Him this morning? I want to ask you to stand to your feet this morning. I'm going to pray and then we're going to open these altars up. I ask that after I pray, you remain standing just for a couple minutes so those who want to move out can without having to trip over everybody. And then I ask that you either pray at the front. You don't have to pray with somebody. You can come kneel. I ask that you spend time with God. I ask that you pray for those who are up here. And then we just worship God together. Let's do this together. Let's move empowered individually. And let's move empowered as a church so that we can see His kingdom and His witness and His His commission fulfilled here. Lord Jesus, we come before you. We thank you that you've promised that you wouldn't leave us as orphans, that you would send us another comforter. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've called us to a mission so far beyond our own strengths that none of us can handle it. God, I pray that you would forgive us, those of us who've tried, who have been arrogant enough to think we can handle it in our own strength. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would begin to identify those walls in us and help us to truly surrender to you, that we may live lives surrendered and empowered by you, that your kingdom would be built and your name glorified. Would you move in this place, Holy Spirit? Would you manifest your presence? And would you fill us with the baptism of the Holy Spirit? In Jesus' name, amen. These altars are open.
nations rise in thunders roar and I will soar with you above the storm Father you are king over the floods I will be still know you are God Find rest, my soul. Christ, Christ alone. Oh, His power. In quietness and trust. Oceans rise and thunders roll. I will soar with you above the storm. Father, you are king over the flood. I will be still. Jesus, 
I am yours, and you 
saying this because I'm trying to pack this place, but I want to encourage you, if God is tugging at your heart, it's because He has this for you, and if He's tugging at your heart, don't resist Him, all right? Don't resist Him. He wants to use you. He wants to empower you, and He has this for you, all right? We're going to continue just to, to worship, but if that's you, and God is talking to you, and you feel that little twist inside of your heart right now, like, oh, I wish He wasn't saying this. Maybe He wants you to come. And be prayed for. Amen. Amen. i 
and we just want to encourage you. This is not about a service. This is not about an hour of time. This is not about an altar call. This is about your life. This is about a lifestyle. We want to encourage you this morning that whatever God is doing in your life, even if you just feel this strong desire to keep seeking Him, go home. Continue to let this altar time, let this pure time, we've been praying, let it continue at home. Let it continue with your family, with your spouse, and just keep seeking Him. We're going to be here, camped out for a while. Pastor Greg will be here, and we're honored to have him speak next week. After that, we're going to be preaching again two weeks from now on receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Ray is going to talk about um, Cornelius. And so we're going to be praying. So come expecting. We're going to be here for a couple weeks, two or three weeks, just praying. And so keep, we're not just packing this up. We're not closing shop down. We're going to keep moving forward and keep trusting God. We know and we expect as kids excitedly and joyfully anticipate a gift on Christmas morning, we too excitedly and joyfully anticipate the gift that God has for us, the baptizing with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. These altars are going to remain open. If you need to leave, we ask that you leave quietly. We love you guys. Have a great week. And move. Don't just seek His his presence. Move in His presence and move in His power. Amen? God bless.